The archer is wake, the swan is flying, gold against blue, an arrow is lying. There is hunting in heaven, sleep safe till tomorrow. The bears are abroad, the eagle is screaming, gold against blue, their eyes are gleaming. Sleep, sleep safe till tomorrow. The sisters lie with their arms intertwining, gold against blue, their hair is shining. The serpent writhes, Orion is listening, gold against blue, his sword is glistening. Sleep, there is hunting in heaven, sleep safe till tomorrow. William Carlos Williams, 1913 From the Sleeping Beauty Killer's Diary, August 1st, 1893. Perched as I am in this moment, between childhood and adulthood, I have decided it might be wise to keep a journal over the course of my trip. One day I will surely reflect upon this adventure with fond nostalgia. Perhaps from that distant vantage, I shall even peer through the gray mists of age and time to view this very day as a pivotal crossroads in what I dearly hope will be a long and prosperous life. I pen this entry from the famed Richelieu Hotel in Chicago, where I have taken up residence for the next two weeks. Too restless with excitement to adjourn to my room just yet, I sit in a conservatory that connects the front and rear wings of this massive building. Above my head is a skylight that allows me to see the waning moon above Michigan Avenue, it has been a long day. I disembarked at Central Station just before dawn, thus concluding a liberating solo journey that began on my birthday last week, when Father transported me to the rail station in Hudson to board the New York Central. He was reluctant to be left alone in the house so soon after the funeral, and I again encouraged him to accompany me as initially planned. He, in turn, begged me to reconsider. But despite the sad circumstances, I had no intention of forfeiting the opportunity to see the world's fair. If truth be told, I welcome the opportunity to escape the house. Always oppressive, but now unbearably so. As we stood waiting upon the platform, I clutched my favorite book, Walt Whitman's Leaves of Grass, in my left hand. Father pressed several bills into my right. It was indeed an unexpected gesture, what with our recent loss and the country itself in the midst of the worst depression ever seen. He bade me to return home safely and on schedule to resume my studies in September. Of course, I promised that I shall, and he was pleased, I know. Yet he remains critical, and I, in turn, found myself more resentful with every mile that fell between us. The bitterness dissolved, however, when I received my first glimpse of the splendid midway, with the inventor George Ferris's enormous rotating wheel as its centerpiece. I contentedly roamed among strangers until darkness fell. An audible gasp went up in the crowd as the landscape was illuminated in a brilliant and instantaneous flash. There were at least 200,000 electric bulbs, enough to outline every man-made structure in the vicinity. The resplendent moon and all the stars in the heavens could scarcely compete with the shimmering white city. I returned to the hotel for a late dinner in the sumptuous cafe, 
settling into a leather-upholstered mahogany seat surrounded by fellow fairgoers. Many were alone, as am I. A curious camaraderie sprang among those of us who had traveled for days to witness this modern marvel. Lacking familiar companionship, the others shared with me their day's adventures, and some included tales of the lives they'd left behind. I refrained, unwilling to solicit sympathy, curiosity, or attention. It felt rather as if I were hiding in plain sight, a refreshing change from my stifling existence of late. As I prepare to make my way up to bed, I shall close with a fitting quote from the great Whitman. This is thy hour, O soul, thy free flight into the wordless, away from books, away from art, the day erased, the lesson done, the fully forth emerging, silent, gazing, pondering the themes thou lovest best, night, sleep, death, and the stars.